Take your Bibles, if you will, and turn to Joshua chapter 4. As we look at Joshua chapter 4, I want us to look at the first three verses this morning. I've taken this title, Remember the Lord, from a man named Nehemiah. We're not going to look at the scripture this morning, but as I thought about this, the context in which Nehemiah stayed in when he just gave Israel as they are rebuilding Jerusalem. He gave them a reminder. He says, remember the Lord. This morning I would like to take that thought, remember the Lord, and I would like for us to see how we can truly remember him. On this Remembrance Sunday, I believe it is vital that we remember the God of every day. The God who gave us freedom, the God who gave us victory, the God who truly preserved lives like Brother John, and yea, chose to take others in his sovereign and divine will. But as we think of this incredible thought of remembering the Lord, I want us to be encouraged and see some practicality this morning as we think of remembering our God. In Joshua chapter 4, notice what the Bible teaches us in verse number 1. And it came to pass, when all the people were clean passed over Jordan, that the Lord spake unto Joshua, saying, Take you twelve men out of the people, out of every tribe a man, and command ye them, saying, Take you hence out of the midst of Jordan, out of the place where the priest's feet stood firm, Twelve stones, and ye shall carry them over with you, and leave them in the lodging place where ye shall lodge this night. Dear Heavenly Father, I do thank you for our hearts and our memories that have been stirred. God, as we watched the videos, as we took, took a moment to remember, lest we forget, God, I pray that you would now help us to recall you. You are God. You are God alone. There's no one like you. You are the great I am. You are the Savior. You are my Redeemer. And God, I pray if there's one here this morning that is watching and listening that doesn't know you as Redeemer, as Savior, I pray that they will see you as the Redeemer this morning, as the one who can do what no one else can, can save from all eternity in hell and give a wonderful and beautiful relationship with God the Father, establishing us for eternity in heaven. And God, I pray that you would challenge our hearts this morning, strengthen each one. I pray that you would encourage us this morning Help us, please, to be reminded about how great you are. You're worthy to be praised this morning. And God, I want you to be celebrated this morning, worshiped this morning as you deserve. Teach us, guide us, exhort us, encourage us this morning. Holy Spirit, speak now through your word. In Jesus' name, amen. An elderly couple 
was beginning to forget little things around the house. They were afraid that this could be a uh, be dangerous as one of them may forget to turn the hub off and thus cause a fire. So they decided to go see their physician to see if they could get some help for their memory. The physician told them that many people their age find it useful to begin writing little notes as reminders and leaving themselves little notes around the home. The couple thought that this advice was wonderful and they wanted to go home and were excited about putting this into practice, hoping it would help to remember or cause their memory to remember. They got home and as they got home, the wife looked at her husband and said, Dear, will you please go to the kitchen and get me a dish of ice cream? And why don't you write that down, like the doctor suggested, so you do not forget? The man looked at his wife and said, Nonsense. I can remember a dish of ice cream. His wife said, Well, I'd also like some strawberries on it, though. You better write that down because you know that you'll forget. The husband looked at his wife and said, Don't be silly. A dish of ice cream and some strawberries. I can remember that. His wife looked at him and said, Okay, dear, but I would like for you to put some whipped cream on top. Now you'd really better write it down. Please do not forget. He looked at his wife and said, Come now. My memory's not that bad at all. No problem. A dish of ice cream with strawberries and whipped cream. With that, the husband walked out of the room and went into the kitchen and shut the door behind him. He emerged from the kitchen about 15 minutes later with a plate of bacon and eggs. The wife took one look at the plate, glanced up at her husband and said, I knew you wouldn't get it right. Where's the toast? There's something about remembrance, isn't there? There's something about a memory. I'm thankful that God has given us the gift of memory. Oh, how precious those memories are. As we mourn the loss of a loved one, as we remind ourselves of a life that we've loved and have befriended and have enjoyed time with here on this time on earth, Often we think about the memories, often we think about those moments, the good times, the moments of laughter, the moments in which we uh, endeared to our hearts. Nehemiah encouraged the people of Israel as they were rebuilding Jerusalem to remember the Lord. Remember what God has done for you. I want us this morning to remember Him. There's no one like the Lord. May we see just a few things this morning. I don't plan on being long at all this morning. But I would like for just a few moments here to remember our God. First of all, this morning, I would like for you to see that remembrance is a decisive act. Look, please, at our text chapter, Joshua chapter 4. As we think about the stones that the children of Israel were instructed to use as a 
reminder, as a remembrance of what God has done. I want us to go further down the story this, this morning. And as we traverse down to verse number 15, I want us to see what God spake, what God did, and how the children of Israel used these reminders to remember. The Bible tells us in verse 15, And the Lord spake unto Joshua, saying, Command the priest that bear the ark of the testimony, that they come up out of Jordan. Joshua therefore commanded the priest, saying, Come ye up out of Jordan. And it came to pass, when the priest that bear the ark of the covenant of the Lord were come up out of the midst of Jordan, and the soles of the priest's feet were lifted up into the dry land, that the waters of Jordan returned unto their banks and float over all his banks as they did before. And the people came up out of Jordan on the tenth day of the first month and encamped in Gilgal in the east border of Jericho. I want you to see as we think about these stones, about them coming up out of Israel, or out of Jordan or through Jordan onto, on dry land, I want us to see, first of all, this morning that God gave them an opportunity to remember. An opportunity to remember. The Bible tells us in verse number 20 of Joshua chapter 4, and those 12 stones which they took out of Jordan did Joshua pitch in Gilgal. The Bible tells us that God instructed them to take 12 stones and to put them where the priest or where those who were holding the tabernacle of the Lord were standing in Jordan. An incredible thing that God stopped the waters of Jordan about 30 miles north of where they stood in an area called Adam. An incredible and amazing thing of how God stopped the waters that entire distance and dried the land so that the children of Israel could go across and prepare for battle and going as they went into the promised land. And as a reminder of that, they were to take 12 stones and they were to put them in the midst of the Jordan River as a continual reminder of what was there. And it would be something that would be permanent, something that would be there. An incredible thing that is. As they put those 12 stones, one for each tribe of the children of Israel, in the midst of the Jordan River. But they were to take 12 other stones, and they were to take those, and they were to bring them to the camp in which they would go before going to Jericho and Madeline and Jericho. 12 stones in the Jordan River, 12 more stones where they were to camp. God gave them an opportunity to remember by using those stones as a testimony, as a reminder, as a remembrance of what took place on that very day. Oh, how often we do that even today. As we think on Remembrance Sunday, our minds can be uh, jogged of how we are uh, of the stones of the memorials that have been resurrected, some of which we saw just a moment ago by way of video. 
that remind us of the battles, remind us of the wars, remind us of those who fought for us. And yea, just as those 12 stones are a reminder of all that took place physically, these 12 stones were to be a powerful reminder of what God has done. They were to be a reminder of how strong and how powerful God is. They were to be an incredible testimony of the Lord. I'm thankful this morning that we have so many things around us today that can recall our minds about how strong our God is. Every breath in which we take is a testimony to the strength of our God. Every heartbeat that our uh, that our heart beats within our chest is a testimony to the strength and power of our God. Every single morning in which the sun rises is a testament to the power and the strength of our wonderful God. Every time the moon rises at night is a testimony to the power of God. Everything that we see around us is a powerful testimony. The Bible teaches us that if man did not cry praise to God, the stones would. And oh, how powerful that statement is, my friends. The stones themselves have the power to give testimony of how strong and powerful our God. Our God is a great God. Remember him this morning. Remember him. Oh, would you recall this morning? Would you take advantage of some tools in which God has given us this morning to remember the Lord? Oh, how powerful it is that we have the word of God today. It's a powerful testimony, remembrance of who the Lord is. But it'll only be a remembrance if we take the Bible and open it and read it. May I encourage you this morning to take notes in the word of God. If you would look in my Bible, you'll see notes and you'll see underlines and portions of Scripture highlighted. You'll see many different things in which God has spoken to my heart and over the years. And I'm thankful for how God has spoken to my heart. May I encourage you to take notes. May I encourage you to have your Bible as a testament of how the Lord has spoken to you. So when your heart is distressed, when you are burdened, when things are, on, uh, when things are going well, and when you are struggling with all that is taking place, Place, you can run to the word of God and find solace and find instruction from what God has spoken to your heart about. Oh, take notes in the word of God. Take notes as you hear the preaching and the teaching of the word of God. Oh, they're wonderful reminders. It's a tool that we can use. Notes are a powerful tool that we can use to remind ourselves of what God has done. May I encourage you to keep a journal. A journal of what God has taught your heart. There's so many ways in which we can do that today. None of us are without excuse for writing and recording what God has done. Maybe you're like me and you prefer things to be digital. There's so many apps, notes apps and things like that that can, you can use as tools to be reminders. What a powerful thing it is that God has given us the ability to record so many things to help us to remember the Lord. Oh, what a wonderful thing it is to have a prayer list. A prayer list in which we can look through and see some answered prayer. We can record the time and the place and how God has answered that prayer and how he has marvelously answered in a way in which we can only look and say, that was God. Oh, how wonderful it is that we can record the word of God and we can listen to what God has done in our lives through prayer. 
God has done so much. May we never forget. In the British Weekly newspaper, there was a column called The Glass Window. And in that column, this letter was published. It seems ministers feel their sermons are very important and spend a great deal of time preparing them. I have been attending church quite regularly for 30 years, and I have probably heard 3,000 or more of them. To my consternation, I discovered I cannot remember a single sermon. I wonder if a minister's time might be more profitable spent on something else. This prompted a storm of editorial responses, which finally ended by this comment. He said, I have been married for 30 years. During that time, I have eaten 32,850 meals, mostly my wife's cooking. Suddenly, I have discovered I cannot remember the menu of a single, of a single meal, and yet I have the distinct impression that without them, I would have starved to death long ago. I receive nourishment from every single meal. May we not give a testimony that God has been so good to me for so many years, and yet I cannot remember one time. May we record and may we remember what the Lord has done. God gave the children of Israel an opportunity to remember. But as we think about that decisive act that remembrance is, God gave them a time and a place to remember. Notice the Bible says, And these twelve stones, which they took out of Jordan, did Joshua pitch in Gilgal. I want to put this in perspective this morning. If we can go to the map, David. This is a map uh, of the journey across the Red, or across the Jordan River, excuse me, from Shittim, where they traveled from the wilderness and crossed the Jordan River and went to Gilgal. Now, as you look across, if you follow that red line specifically there, you'll see as they traversed that there was a great distance between the Jordan River and Gilgal. That entire distance between Shittim and Jericho is about 13 miles. Give you an idea of that broad valley there. From the Jordan River to Gilgal, it's about approximately about four miles or so, give or take some. Think about that for just a moment. They took these 12 stones. The Bible says they put it on their shoulder these massive stones that these men of war would have put upon their shoulders and carried for three to four miles. These stones were now out of place. Their, where they were set up as a memorial would have been distinctly different than from, where, uh, 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 than from the scenery around them. It was obvious that these stones were out of place. 
place. And God used those stones that were put in Gilgal to be reminder of what God had done. You see, they set up, not not only did God give them an opportunity, but he gave them a choice to remember a time and a place of what he has done. Oh, this was a constant reminder of what God had done. As they walked from Gilgal each and every single morning in the battle of Jericho to encompass around Jericho and then went back to Gilgal, there were those 12 of stones reminding them of how God brought them across on the Jordan River as they traveled back the next day to once again silently compass Jericho and then go back to Gilgal there again would the stones be as they did so for six days and on the seventh day as they left to go on that final time before the battle I am sure that many of them looked over those 12 stones and said if God could stop the rivers of Jordan 30 miles above and suddenly as we step out of Jordan, suddenly it goes back to its overflowing banks once again. If God can do that, he can bring victory. He gave us an opportunity to remember who he is. And oh, how powerful a victory he did give. Oh, how wonderful and awesome it was to see the battle that God fought for them. The battle was the Lord's and God's people were, were victorious. My friends, God's people will be victorious. Let's remember the Lord. Let's remember that we are the con- we we serve the conqueror. My friends, there is no one greater than the conqueror of our Lord Jesus Christ. My friends, oh yes, battles on this earth might seem to be lost, but I promise you the war will be won by Jesus Christ. We're on the victory side. I'm thankful for that this morning. What a wonderful God we have. Let's remember this morning of what God has done. Let's take a time. Let's take a place and let's remember those things. Let's record those things. Let's resurrect some monuments of what God has done. My friends, that's what I as a pastor want to encourage our church to do as God builds and God redoes this very facility in which he has so gloriously given us for nothing. It's incredible what God has truly provided. But as we see God restore and as we see God resurrect this building, may it be a testament of what the power of Christ can do. We serve an infinitely powerful God. Let's worship him as such this morning. We have a great God. Oh, what a wonderful thing it is that we can record those moments of memory. The children of Israel, God followed in the instruction and used those 12 stones. Maybe this morning you need to record the time and place or the circumstances if you don't remember the exact time or place of when you were saved, of when you chose to trust Christ as your Savior. I don't know the time or the place. I don't know the time exactly. I know it was in the summer. I know it was in 1985 when I put my faith and trust in Christ. I can take you to the place there this morning. And I'm thankful that I put my faith and trust in Christ. Would you remember that? Remember that often. Oh, may we never grow weary of that moment of hearing the gospel or thinking about the gospel. For it's the very gospel that unifies us. It's the very gospel that empowers us. It's the very gospel of Jesus Christ. The death, the burial, and resurrection that redeemed us and saved us. Oh, what a wonderful thing it is that we have a relationship with God. We are born again because of the gospel. 
Oh, may we truly remind, remind it and have a continual reminder and a continual way in which we remember the Lord. Record some time. Record some places. Record those events. My friends, take notes of those things. Know how powerfully, uh, 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 what powerful tools we have to record those very things today. We have smartphones and we have all these different devices that we can use to clearly record and even capture it on video and recall in our minds about what God has done. My friends, we have a great God. Oh, what a wonderful thing it is that we have, that we have an opportunity to remember at a time and a place. But not only did the children of Israel, as they made a decisive act to follow the Lord by taking those 12 stones and by recalling that and going by that, and we'll look at that in just a few moments as well, as they would go by Gilgal often, but also they brought others into the memory. Look at verse number 21 of Joshua chapter 4 with me. And he spake unto the children of Israel, saying, Notice these words, When your children shall ask their fathers in time to come, saying, What mean these stones? In our, vacu- in our, in our vernacular today, we might say, what is, this after- what is this about? What does this mean? As the, their children, and this children notices their fathers, it's not only speaking of themselves, but it's also speaking of their grandchildren speaking to their fathers. And their great-grandchildren speaking to their fathers, and their great-great-grandchildren speaking to their fathers, and so on and so forth. It's speaking of generation after generation coming and seeing those 12 stones and saying, what are these about? What are these stones for? Why did we travel all this way to see these stones? It was so that they could bring that generation into the memory of what God has done. As we remember the Lord, let's not exclude others from that memory. Salvation is not something that we just look at and say, okay, it's just for me. But rather it's calling others and saying, oh, look at what God has done. He's redeemed me. He's saved me. It's a way to remember and it's encouraging others to come and to say, I have been redeemed. Why? Because Jesus Christ saved me. You see, there was a value and a treasure to those memories. They treasured those times in which, Jesus, in which God wonderfully brought them across the Jordan River, how he defeated Jericho and how God gave them the promised land. These were valued and treasured memories that were full of zealous uh, Uh, that were full of a zeal in their heart and as they zealously fought and conquered and saw God work in their lives in a powerful way they wanted to encourage others to be a part of it they wanted others to see what God had done in their heart and life oh may we be reminded of that very thing the children of Israel forgot this and they stopped visiting these stones how sad it is may we remember the Lord. May we remember what he has done. God is powerful. Let's bring others into our memories. Let's bring others into our remembrance. That's what we're trying to do today with remembering those who have fallen, remembering those who have fought. 
But, oh, we would be far amiss if we remembered them without remembering the one who gave victory, God himself. Oh, how wonderful it is that we can come and we can remember the Lord our God. I remember a few or some time ago, my family and I were in the northwest part of Ohio traveling where I'm from. and I remember taking my boys down through East Main Cross in Finley, Ohio. It's the street in which I grew up on. It's the street in which I got saved. And I remember going to 440 East Main Street. I actually looked at it this morning. It was a vacant field or a vacant lot for some time. The home in which I grew up was no longer, unfortunately. But now it's a uh, garden center is actually what it is now. But I remember taking them before it was a garden center and taking them to that place in which I grew up and that field in which, it, which our home used to stand. And I remember telling them of, of that place in which I got saved in 1985 and there were some memories in which I shared. Why? Because they're personal. They're, they're, they're momentous to me. I wanted to include them with them, include, I wanted them to include their memories into mine and help them to see that their father got saved at this property and their father trusted in Christ as his savior at that moment. And I was encouraged and I was excited about showing them about what God had done there at that very moment. Oh, I'm so thankful for the time. I cherish the memories that God gave at those moments in that place. About a little over a year ago, my family and I were down in North London. And as we were down in North London, I remember us going by the school in which God enabled us to start Grace Baptist Church there. I remember us going by the home in which we first moved to when we came to the UK and lived in downtown Enfield. I remember us going to the home in which we moved just on the north side of Enfield area called Chesson. I remembered us going through and we walked and we talked and we looked and just thought about all the things in which God had done. How incredible it is to walk by and to see those places in which God has grown and built and shaped your life. May I encourage you to write those down. May I encourage you to remember those places to record those places, to bring others in and to even go and remember them together and say, I want to show you a place, this is where I got saved. I want to show you a place, this is where I heard an answer to prayer. I want to show you a place, and oh, I want you to see what God has done. Remembering this morning is a decisive thing. May we remember this morning, decide to remember what God has given us. Secondly, this morning, I want us to see that remember, remembrance values the moment. Notice what the Bible says in Joshua chapter 4, verse number 22. Then ye shall let your children know, saying, Israel came over this Jordan on dry land. Notice these words, for the Lord your God dried up the waters of Jordan from before you until you were passed over as the Lord your God did to the Red Sea, which he dried up from before us until we were gone over. 
Remembrance values the moment in which took place. Do you see the emphasis there as Joshua looked at the children of Israel and says, you will remember what the Lord your God has done. As remembrance values the moment, it remembers who is there. Joshua said, remember, God was there. He was fighting for us. He was with us. Look at the miraculous things in which he did. We can look back and we can recall what incredible things God has done. So many things battle for their attention. And it was to be a constant reminder of who the Lord their God was as they look at those stones and remembered what what God had done. As they talked to their children, they knew that toys and other opportunities as they even grew older would begin to battle for their attention and their focus. As they grew into manhood, they understood that a girl would capture their heart and mind or a young man for their daughters. They knew that so many things would battle for their minds and battle for their remembrance. But Joshua wanted to make it a point. Remember the Lord. Don't forget Him. May I encourage you to do the same. Don't forget the Lord. God is the one that brought them over the Jordan River. God is the one that we can safely give our heart to. He saved me. He's my friend. And I'm thankful as he is my father and my friend. I can sing what the songwriter wrote. I would love to tell you what I think of Jesus. Since I have found in him a friend so strong and true. I would love to tell you how he changed my life completely. He did something that no other friend could do. No one ever cared for me like Jesus. There's no friend so kind as he. No one else could take the sin and darkness from me. Oh, how much he cared for me. I encourage you this morning, as we remember the moments in which God has given us to remember that he is the God of all moments, remember the Lord. Not only did they remember who was in charge, but they remembered what he did we've stated this already but 30 miles upstream from where they crossed god stopped god uh, god God stopped the waters of jordan the ground was dry as they walked across and the moment the levites came up out of the riverbed and the overflow of the jordan river suddenly the waters returned just as they were before that is powerful Only God can do that. God does things which are powerfully meaningful in our lives. God does that which truly impacts us in a way in which recalls our hearts to memory like nothing else can. God is the powerful working God and we ought to remember not only the Lord but we ought to remember what he did. Moses truly had his staff that God used to uh, to remind him of how he turned it into a snake. God God used Aaron's rod that was budded and was kept as a reminder of God's divine word and of his claiming an everlasting promise. The tabernacle was filled with evidence reminding the children of Israel of the manna 
and how God provided for them in the wilderness. Oh, my friends, how many things we can look through at Scripture, like these 12 stones that God used to give them a reminder of what God has done. Write down the answers to prayer requests. Those moments in which you've seen God heal and bring safety in traveling. Those moments in which you have seen God bless in special and abundant ways that strike fond memories of how God has provided like only God can. Write down and record and remember those what's. Take notes of those times and be encouraged by the blessing of how God is changing and shaping our lives and building us to the glory of Christ. May we be reminded as God's children to remember of who He is and what He has done. I hasten this morning. Thirdly, I want us to look at verse number 24. I want you to see that remembrance treasures the opportunity. Notice what the Bible says. That all the people of the earth might know the hand of the Lord, that it is mighty. In these situations that took place and how God powerfully, powerfully acted, they treasured the opportunity to do what? Tell others about what God had done. Oh, how excited they must have been to tell their children as they would cross over the Jordan River. After the battles had been fought, and as they went into the promised land as families, oh, I could only envision how many people walked by Gilgal and said, I want you to see something. I know we just crossed the Jordan River. I know we just traveled, but we need to go a certain direction before we go to where God is for us. God did some incredible things, and I want you to see a monument that, we, that God put there through us. And they took them to the 12 stones, and they said, oh, look at what God did. Those 12 stones were in the Jordan River. We took those 12 stones, they were on dry ground in the river, and we carried them all this way as a testament of what the power of God has done. Oh, what an exciting thing it must have been for them to encourage and to help others to see what God had done in their lives. Oh, my friends, let's use those memories of what God has given us to be an encouragement to tell others about how great our God is. My friends, there is no God like our God. He never fails. He never falters. He is perfect in every way oh what a wonderful thing it is that we can encourage uh, and others to see the goodness and the great love and the great holiness of our God there is no one like him there is no one more gracious than our God there is no one more merciful than our God there is no one more just than our God there is no one better there is no one wiser there is no one greater in any way than our wonderful God may we take those moments that God has given us and encourage others to see what great things God has done. There's a zeal that they just couldn't stop talking about it. They wanted others to see the power of God and the testimony that was resurrected as a statement and a testimony of that very thing. Oh, how wonderful thing it is that we can tell others about salvation. My friends, if you're saved, my friends, don't keep it private. Tell others. Oh, tell others. God, words, God says that the world may know of what God has done. Might know the hand of the Lord. Oh, may we give the 
testament to the mighty salvation in which he's given, to the answered prayer, to those times of growth in which we've seen in our own lives and among God's people. Let's tell others about the excitement of what God is building. Not only did it excite and give them a zeal to tell others, but it gave them an opportunity to see how God powers through wonderment. Do you see what the Bible says there in verse number 24? That ye might fear the Lord your God forever. That word fear speaks of respect. It, fear, it does speak of, of moments of, of seeing that he is holy and just and that he is right and that we ought to fear him as God. But that fear has another connotation with it as well of awe, of wonderment. I've stated it before, I'll state it again. It speaks of looking at God and saying, God, you are filled with awe. I am awed by your wonderment. I am awed by who you are. Remembrance helps us to remind ourselves of who God is. I love the song that says, You alone. You walked that road all for love, the road to Calvary where death would lose its sting, where chains are broken free. Greater love has no, has no one than this, that you would give your life the perfect sacrifice to wash your sin or to wash our sin away. Your grace amazes me. Oh, how incredibly awesome our God is. How incredibly amazing our wonderful and holy God is. There is something about God that no one else and nothing else can take the place of. May we stand in awe of all that our God is and does. He is God alone. And these stones would be a constant reminder of generation to generation of how incredibly awesome their God is. They would walk and a judge named Samuel would go to Gilgal and certainly he saw those stones. Certainly I can only envision as a priest, as a prophet, looking and preaching from, those, from that monument using that very testament to encourage people to keep following Christ and remember who he is. King Saul would go to Gilgal. King Saul would go and see those very stones in which would be a reminder of who God is. King David, the Bible says, went to Gilgal and certainly he saw those stones, a man after God's own heart. Elijah and Elisha were at Gilgal preaching the word of God. Great prophets like Hosea, Amos, and Micah spoke of Gilgal and the remembrance in which was standing there at Gilgal. Those stones that were a constant reminder of the great power and the awe that they had for their God. Generation after generation would go and see God and be reminded of who He is. They would remember what the Lord did just a few miles away in the Jordan River. Just a short distance, about a mile, mile and a half from Gilgal would be the ruins of a city called Jericho. Where they say, you see the river? It was dry. 
we crossed over. Those stones that lie in ruins called Jericho, God did that. He dried the waters. He gave us victory. And these stones are testament to the power and the might of our God. There's no one like Him. I love what R.A. Torrey said. As he said, there is more joy in Jesus in 24 hours than there is in the world in 365 days. He said, I have tried them both. All of us, I think, who are saved can give that same testimony. We tried the world. We didn't find any joy. When we came to Christ, oh, what an amazing Savior we have. He brings joy. Corey Ten Boom and her family resisted the Nazis by hiding Jews in their home. They ultimately were discovered and sent to a concentration camp. Corey barely survived till the end of her wars, or until the end of the war, World War II. Her family members died in captivity in those concentration camps. Her heart was seared and wounded deeply by this terrible trial by fire. Corey's faith in God survived. And she spent much of her time in the post-years of the war traveling in Germany and other places in Europe sharing her faith in Christ. On one occasion in 1947, she was speaking in a church in Munich. She noticed a balding man in a gray overcoat near the rear of the basement room. She had been speaking on the subject of God's forgiveness, but her heart froze when she recognized the man. She could picture him as she had seen him so many times before in his blue Nazi uniform with a visored cap. He was the cruelest of the guards at the Ravensbrück camp where Corey had suffered some of the most horrible, uh, most horrible indignities, and had watched her own sister die. Yet he was there. At the end of her talk, he came up the aisle toward her and immediately thrust out his hand, wanting to shake wanting to greet Corey. This former guard said, thank you for that fine message. How wonderful it is to know that our sins are at the bottom of the sea. Corey said that same thing just moments ago. She had spoken so easily about God's forgiveness but here was a man whom she despised. 
and condemned with every fiber of her being knowing the atrocities in which she experienced. She couldn't take his hand. She couldn't extend forgiveness to this Nazi oppressor. She realized that this man didn't even remember who she was. How possibly could he remember one prisoner among the thousands in which he tortured? You mentioned Ravensbrook. This guard continued with his hand still extended to Corey. I was a guard there. He said, I'm ashamed to admit it, but it's true. But since then, I've come to know Jesus as my Lord and Savior. It has been hard for me to forgive myself for all the cruel things I did. But I know that God has forgiven me. Please, if you would, I would like to hear from your lips too that God has forgiven me. Corey recorded her response in the book of a testimony in which she wrote. She said, I just stood there. I whose sins had again and again been forgiven and could not forgive. It could not have been many seconds that he stood there, hand held out, but to me it seemed like hours as I wrestled with the most difficult thing I had ever had to do. For I had to do it. I knew that. It was as simple and as horrible as that. And still I stood there with the coldness clutching my heart. And so woodenly, mechanically, I thrust out my hand into the one outstretched to me. She said, and as I did, an incredible thing took place. The current started in my shoulder, raced down my arm, and sprang into our joint hands. And then this healing warmth seemed to flood over my whole being, bringing tears to my eyes. As she began to cry, I forgive you, brother, with all my heart. She testified that for a long moment, we grasped each other's hands, the former guard, and the former prisoner. I had never known of God's love so intensely as I did then. Can we remember this morning what God has done? God is our God. If He's your God this morning, Remember him. If he's not this morning, would you remember that he made a sacrifice in, on Calvary 2,000 years ago? And he didn't. He paid that price for you. He did all that he did there for you. He finished salvation there on that hill for you. He died for you. Oh yes, he was put in a borrowed tomb for just a few short days. But on that third morn, he would rise again. Why? Because he is God. He is the Savior. 
And He can save you and cleanse your, wash your sins away and show you that incredible love like no one else can. He can redeem you and give you that home in heaven if you'll trust in Him as Savior. He died for you. He so earnestly wants you to be saved. Would you call out to Him this morning and trust Him as Savior? Friend, whether you're saved or if you're wrestling with that decision to get saved this morning, I encourage us all to remember the Lord. Remember Him. Thank God for who He is. Thank God for what He has done in our lives. He is mighty. Let's let the world know it. Let's put the world in awe of who God is.